Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's your update this week? I am stuck in a rut with my clothes. Can you believe <laughs> that? Aren't we all? I feel like it's what happens at the turn of the season. That's a very good point because I was looking at my closet and as we all know, I like, I go for the, the smaller amount of clothes that I wear just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, I really think it's capsule wardrobe, but I also think I'm just kind of lazy too. Yeah. And it's just easier. And so I wear a lot of black, but I relied on the same dresses that I would wear all summer, all winter, and just added tights. Yeah. (laughs) No matter what the temperature was outside. And so I feel like I've been looking at my closet and I'm just like, I just hate everything. And I have like one necklace that I wear now and I wear like basically the same thing every single day. What are you going to do? I don't know. I really think so. There's a pair of pants from Everlane that I absolutely love. They're called the work pant and they're only $50. I have a pair in olive green and I have a pair in black and I'm going to just get another black pair because... I wear them all the time and I love them. And I think then that will allow me to go to places like Salty Boutique right here in Rochester, NY, and get myself some like fun shirts that aren't too fun so I can still wear them all the time. So it's like keep the pant simple and mix up the top option. Exactly. Because I wear wear my Rothy's like basically every day, my little loafers. They're great. And I love those black pants because they're structured and they are fitted without feeling like a legging in any way, shape, or form. The the material is perfect. I love that. Yes. And they've got like a nice seam down the back. So they look nice too. You can rock a heel with them and they look very dressed up with the right shirt. You can dress them down with the right shirt and the right shoes. They're perfect for everything. Uh, so I'm thinking that to get out of my rut, I'm I'm planning to buy another pair of those, and I might just like take a, a skip over to one of our favorite boutiques and pick up some like fun but not too loud shirts. Love it. And see if that works. Mix it up. Yes. What about you? What's your update? I uh, am acknowledging that it's time to do less screen time in my life. Yes. Uh, obviously, particularly as it relates to phone usage. <laughs> sure. Yep, that makes sense. Um, and recently, I had a night in and was like in this mode where I was feeling restless and like didn't want to sit in front of the TV and didn't know what I wanted to do. And Dan gave me a gentle nudge to put my phone away and see what the evening brought me. Did you start a puzzle? No. <laughs> we gave them all to you. I know. You're never going to start a puzzle. <laughs> But first of all, it was so freeing to not feel tied to my phone, nice. even though it was just in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the detachment from that unnecessary scroll led to a wonderful evening. That's nice. Um, so I feel like being able to detach from it just with the separation of it, not being on the desk in front of me or the table in front of me or in my pocket. Mm-hmm made me not even think to look at it so like that's positive in terms of like it's not a terrible addiction (laughs) so we know that check that off the list um but also it led to some really fun creative time nice and i tidied up a bit and just was kind of like in this i think it was like a saturday night when i did this um and then i found myself diving into a bunch of articles that i had either open on tabs or like saved in emails or like the, my newsletter pile mm. and 
I dove into them and like felt really inspired and really liked having just a chance to read through stuff that I personally found interesting. And it was like a rain. It was like everything from the every girl newsletter to like doing a course on Instagram, social media, (laughs) (laughs) which is fun for you. And I respect that. (laughs) Yeah. From like a podcasting promo perspective. Yes. Um, So it was like really fun to have a relaxing yet productive evening and kind of like let my brain feel free to be creative. And I, it was like the truest sense of realizing how much the phone scroll removes you from that like because for me I need in order to be creative I need free space yeah and so the fact that I was using all that free space in my life to scroll on a social media app was kind of scary to acknowledge that it was like all these wonderful ideas or these things I could have spent my time doing um but now it's like an intentional thing that I'm trying to make part of my weekend habit so that I don't find myself, like, sucked into paying attention to what other people are doing with their lives. I like that. I like that a lot because it it does, like, like you said, it's very freeing and it gives you an opportunity to just, like, let your brain move a little bit Mm -hmm. instead of, I'm bored, let me pick up my phone. I'm bored, let me pick up my phone. Because it's right there and easy easy access. It's okay to be like, I'm bored. What do I do with this? And then you pause and you're like what about the thing I was thinking about? And I'm like, ooh, there's that thing that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should file that piece of paper. And you just You go. start to go. Yep. Oh, that's all you need. Yep, totally. It's the I'm bored pause. Instead of the, like, <laughs> instant phone-in-the-face moment. Yes. I like that a lot. And I'm glad that you found things that were, like, fun and creative for you. And, like, not, like, I have to get this done mode, but, like, truly something that you were looking forward to doing and were excited about. It was literally a, let me see where this takes me. I like that. I'm excited for you. It was fun. So I'm going to try to do more of that, and we'll see what comes of it. Keep us posted. Yeah. Us, the audience. (laughs) We're excited for you. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, What is inspiring you this week? I finally dove into Molly Yeh from Girl Meets Farm. So cute. Have you, are you familiar? I know Molly Yeh personally, obviously. But I got really obsessed with her during um, the Winter Olympics because she flew to Sochi, I think, and did commentary on figure skating. Did you know this? Did not. Yeah, she's a big skating, big big figure skating person. I don't know if she used to do it or what, but she they flew her out there to do commentary on like one of the major networks that were covering the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. So she does all of it, I guess. <laughs> Multi talented to Good the to end degree. Well, also known <laughs> for Food Network's Girl Meets Farm. Did hear about that as well. <laughs> but she has, uh, her, obviously, her Instagram presence is lovely, and she has a blog, which I think, like, led to the Food Network thing. Anyway. I would think, yeah. But she is no longer pregnant, but she was pregnant and did a baby meal prep guide. Um, so she's welcomed her baby to the world at this point, which, for the length of her pregnancy, referred to her on the internet as Poppy Seed which is so adorable. That is super cute. Um, but her name is Bernie. Aww. I think short for Bernadette. Super cute. Love that. Anyway, <laughs> celebrate for that. Yay. But she did um, 
this baby meal prep guide and I kept seeing like all these photos of these cute little like frozen packages that she was putting together and I didn't necessarily save it for the baby part of it. I was going to say, so is this, are they meals for the baby? It's for her and her husband. Oh. So it's like food for them when they're in like crazy baby mode of like, we're going to be up at 4 a.m. every night. And like, what if we want a snack? Or like, we're so tired, we don't have time to make dinner. I thought it was like how people have been making their own baby food. Yeah. And you're like, why are you inspired by this? That's interesting. I didn't know that you wanted pureed veggies all the time. (laughs) No. So this is like, Freezer meal prep Got for it. anyone, anywhere. So I see. I saved it not for the baby-related benefits or, like, parent benefits, sure. but more so for the awesome freezer prep, meal prep stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's chock full of recipes and meal prep how-tos, literally down to recommended containers and cooking instructions. So, like, here's a mac and cheese recipe and, like, eight containers that you can put like individual size portions in and then like wrap it in some plastic wrap and a cute little label that you put on it with the instructions which like for the planning version of me is like that's like just like your what it's not kryptonite it's like spinach for Popeye it's like what gives you life drugs Um, it's that thing. So I've been uh, wanting to get a chest freezer for the basement for quite some time and it's just been a conversation and now after having read this article with like literally so many recipes that she made like it was it's kind of alarming you should just open the link just to look at how much work she did I'm terrified and I'm super impressed um but I'm I'm about to make the jump to buy one now that I also have an SUV that I can put it in yeah because I kept being like oh I should ask Sid to borrow her car oh I should ask Sid to borrow her car and now you have your own. Now I can do it myself. Which we never touched on. Yay you for getting a new car. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> That's like a future conversation. I should have, I'll put this in a future update, but the, the active, process. The process that you need to go through and like how to buy a new car. Yeah. Woo. Because you've or you a had used, a used car. <laughs> Lola for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So I think that's, that's worth an update for sure, Zs. Yeah. I'll like add it. that to next week. Well, I'm excited for your chest freezer that's coming down the line probably hopefully soon. Yeah. Okay, good. And I will take a look at this meal prep guide because you know I won't actually do it, but I like to be in awe of people that do exciting and, like, seemingly inhuman things. Yeah. And she even shouts out your one of your past inspirations, Pinch of Yum. Yes. She has some she really good... She kills the freezer game as well. Freezer meal prep at its finest. That's so awesome. just another... Uh, Reminder that I was not trying to make baby food. She's preparing meals so that meal prep is easy for them as new new parents. It's a good it's a good you know line in in the sand. So I know exactly what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it helps me a lot. So thank you. What's inspiring you, Sid? There was this great article. It was like very short, but you know how I feel about expressing gratitude, and that was huge fan, <laughs> huge fan. Oh, overdo it sometimes, some might say. Um, But this article from Marie Claire was, again, very short, but it talked about how people 
um, may feel awkward expressing gratitude, but to work on finding a way like to get through that feeling and understanding that expressing gratitude affects us and the person receiving it in positive ways. Mm -hmm. So it's an important piece of like, how we show people that we hear them, we appreciate them and all these things. And they even talk about like, even if those around us like know we're grateful for them, saying it or writing it or expressing it in any way just enhances that knowing. Mm -hmm. And it never hurts to like throw an extra thank you out there or just say like a, hey, I appreciate you or thanks for your like good vibes today. It's just like that extra, and they had like some like sciency piece of it where they were like, it truly shows that like expressing gratitude does give you and the person you're expressing it to an actual like science boost, like in the internal in the brain waves. Yeah. All it takes is 21 days. Yeah. <laughs> is that all? <laughs> but I like this because even if you find it awkward to say it, I and and that was interesting to read too because I never considered that. I think. I grew up saying thank you so often that it was interesting to hear people say that it was uncomfortable for them to express that gratitude. So I think if you are one of those people that you're like, people know I care about them, people know I love them. I'm like, I respect that. And I think that's probably totally valid, but try writing it down and like, just send, send a quick thank you and, or just send a quick, like, I'm thinking about you exactly like we, what we did at the, at the, um, the day that we had people write themselves love a notes self-love note yeah like think about and a lot of people did send them to people that they care about and so if that is you that like expressing is a little bit difficult write it down and then slowly work on using, saying it using out the words so i just like that it was a nice reminder that like it's still a thing that matters it's still a thing you should do either through email it's good for written. everyone involved absolutely i think that's the thing is like it benefits you just as much as it benefits them so if there's no other reason do it for that yeah All right, Brianna, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? We're talking about habits. Habits are different than hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes me so happy to not talk about hobbies. It's real. It's a real struggle. So making habits can be pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. But also in the same vein, how good does it feel when you're like, I've created a system and it's working and I've made this habit stick. Um, But I think the challenge here can be the consistency piece of it. And so we're looking at some pro recommendations um, on their experiences and our experiences and like the how-to behind making habits stick. Yes. I always feel like my habits come from like concentrated time spent on them. But some just, like, seem to be part of my life, and I'm not sure exactly how they got there. <laughs> so are there things that you do where you're just like, how do that, how do I, I rely so much on this particular habit? Yeah, it's but, like, like your drive home. Right. And it becomes, like... Like, where did it come from? How did it start? Second nature. Exactly. So I'm excited to reflect on how to form a habit intentionally and, like, and see what we can add without, like, overwhelming ourselves, but also maybe, like, backtrack in a way from, like, the habit that I have to see maybe how it started. That's part of it. So that's super exciting. So uh, let's speak it, Queens. All right. Making habits. What are the basics? We like basics. <laughs> when you're forming new habits, you are likely trying to break an old habit 
or there's a lack of routine around something that you're like, I don't even know. Fair. Totally fair. <laughs> like when you're becoming an adult. That's a habit that I'm still not used All to. All the things you need to be responsible for, like paying rent on a basis. Who's going to make basis. that a habit for me? <laughs> so um, it's important to recognize that having a plan in place will help break the habit to then create the new one. Hmm. Hmm. Or create a pl- plan from scratch. Yes. Um, so the thinking ahead and setting reminders piece of this is really helpful in the beginning stages. Additionally, when, like, this is kind of in the general sense, like, we're talking about the basics, keeping it simple. Um, I think when it comes to the habit space, if you're overcomplicating the situation, you'll likely give up sooner, which is not where anyone wants to be. No, because that failure or what feels like failure then detracts from wanting to start again or... Because that's the hardest part. Right. Starting. (laughs) Yes. As we've discussed in so many instances. Yeah. Um, Having an accountability partner is really helpful when you're in this habit building process, just as someone that you can, you know, check in with, rely on for support, maybe keep you on track or just encourage you along the way because you might hit some roadblocks and Mm -hmm. like figuring out how to overcome those things or just like maybe you fell off the wagon for a day and like let's get it's like a sponsor for AA (laughs) I was like where is she going (laughs) weird weird way to go with that but But, you know it makes sense accountability buddies (laughs) are real in a lot of different instances (laughs) Um, and most importantly acknowledge and accept the fact that you're probably going to be bad at this or inexperienced at first and knowing that it's good for you to feel like you're learning again is okay mm-hmm. um i think that this is something that we don't get so often as adults and it's nice to be able to say like oh i'm aware that i'm learning something new let's make this exciting for me instead yes. of like dreading it and this goes back to like what we talked about last week with the jonathan van ness like you know charisma all like the the mystery that he is of accomplishing all of these things that I just want to know everything of how he got there. Where did you begin? Right. Like his habits. I want to know, like, did you have an accountability partner and were they different for every single thing that you've accomplished? And then when you were bad at it or when you were inexperienced at it, what did you do to get on track or what did you do to like continue to push forward? So exactly all of these things, like, I can think of people that have gotten to certain places and I'm like, how did they do that? Where it's like, these are the questions I want answered. Um, and getting comfortable with change is usually like kind of the hardest part. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, you know, you want to do a thing, but understanding like how you need to fit it into your routine, which I know we're going to get into later, um, is sometimes like even scarier than the habit itself is how are you going to shift things in your life to make it fit? Or what are you going to take out to make it fit? And I think in addition to this list, like being kind to ourselves throughout the process is such a huge piece of success here. So knowing that you're you're probably going to be bad at it at first or you're inexperienced at it, but then also taking that one step further to say like, okay, that's okay <laughs> that these or things like, aren't happening. You're a rock star. Right. Like at least you're trying, like continuing to give yourself pats on the back. 
And I found that there are two ways to success when it comes to forming habits. And one is having a buddy, so accountability partner, check. And internalizing that I genuinely feel more in control of my life once the habit is ingrained. Yes. Like having that knowledge that once it's there, I feel like a rock star. I feel like I have control back. I feel like I I can accomplish more things because this thing has been added to my life. Like that continues to help push me forward. And the routine piece of the habit building space is that once that's in place, the habits when the habit has been formed, it's second nature to you. Right. It's these are all things that are like, I want to systemize this so that I don't have to think about it. Right. It's like why Steve Jobs wore a black turtleneck and jeans every day to work. My it's style like, icon. Don't want to think <laughs> about this, so I'm not going to right. because this makes me better at everything else that I do. It frees up time for all the things that you want to be spending time on. I love a uniform. I know I just talked about how I'm like stuck in a rut with clothes, but I also think I like challenge myself because I'm like I like a uniform. And that's why I'm going to get more of those pants because I just love those pants and I'm going to wear them every freaking day. It's great. Bottom line. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) I'm doing it. Um, So when it comes to actually starting this process, how long will it take and what do you need to do? Always my first question. (laughs) Um, There's so many things out there that are like 90 day plan to making a habit or you're like like, (laughs) 21 day challenge. I'm like, that sounds about right. Uh, But there's no simple formula. It's all about consistency. Mm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you say that you, you mumble <laughs> reluctantly. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, so 90 days, that feels like a lot. Three months. Consistently for 90 days feels even worse. Yeah. So if I consistently do it for 21 days, then it's a much like more accessible in my mind amount of time. Because if I'm doing something for 90 days, the chances of me doing it consistently drop significantly Mm. okay so we're gonna take numbers out of the equation just consistency just do something every day every day that feels like a lot (laughs) well you're gonna be my coach for this (laughs) so that's where it really comes into play that this is a form of self-improvement and you're choosing to create this routine Mm. so that it becomes an auto response and just like i said like it helps us optimize our day and saves us mental energy and like who doesn't want more of that exactly and that is the constant reminder one of the things that's really helpful is visualizing the act of doing the thing you want to do helps you make it happen like a vision board. So, for example, um, imagine what your morning routine looks like and how much time do you need to execute said routine. Mm. Um, what do you do in that time? And then see it in action and then do it in action. Maybe even write it out. But that is like part of the planning process before you actually even start doing this habit that you, you could, are creating. You could whoop this. You can whoop anything. You could wish obstacle outcome and plan this. Yeah. I love that. And we're going to get into a couple examples in a little bit to like actually walk through what this might look like because it kind of differs depending on what the thing might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does help when you work off something that you've already done regularly mm-hmm. without thinking something like brushing your teeth or making your bed every morning, Mm -hmm. then pairing that thing with a new task. Like after I make the bed, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. 
five minutes. It's really not that hard. I know, but that like exactly like you said, like re having to plan the day and what yeah. did I used to do in that five minutes that I'm either not replacing or allowing more time for. Mm-hmm. Or setting your alarm for five minutes earlier and what that'll give you. Or not hitting the snooze button. Mm-hmm. Going to bed five minutes earlier. Never All helps. these things. <laughs> this is part of the planning process of like, how do you rearrange things very subtly right. so that you can fit them in to your new vibe? Right. And so after you've done this, so like this process of after I make the bed, new thing, I meditate for five minutes. You reward yourself. Mm. You high five yourself. You acknowledge like, I'm really proud of myself for doing that meditation for five minutes. And then you like feel it. And you're like, I have done something awesome for me. Or, like, maybe you sit down to enjoy your morning coffee. Like, something simple that's just, like, my day is starting or, like, I've done a great thing Mm -hmm. for me and now I'm going to continue to do this thing. Make it happen. That's respecting yourself, too, I think, to some degree. For sure. Which I enjoy. Um, In the book Atomic Habits, uh, which is super popular and a lot of people have read this. I oh. have not, but I pulled some thoughts from it. <laughs> okay, that works for me. You know, I'm a skimmer anyway, so. <laughs> um, the author, James Clear, makes a really important distinction in habit forming, and the focus should be on the starting point. Just start. Start. This might remind me of when we kicked off our podcast journey, and I was already thinking about, like, our – 100k income from it and all of the things that we were going to do before we had even started. Yeah. And for me that did not feel overwhelming, but now I'm seeing it as like a deterrent to starting mm-hmm. is by seeing all of the exciting even if they're exciting and amazing, if they're overwhelming to any degree or they feel so far away, then starting doesn't even feel like an option. Yeah, and that's where the visualization piece can get a little tricky is like it's important for you to visualize and like see that future of you being a champion at said thing, Mm -hmm. but then taking it back to saying, okay, what are all the steps to get to future point? Well, and to your point too from earlier about like starting small and like realistically. Yes. Because that makes starting and visualizing much more doable. Yeah. So we're not wired as people to be motivated to start something big and hard. Hmm. But rather, we're motivated to do something once the ball is actually rolling. Mm -hmm. So just the act of starting something is the most important piece. And then when you have that plan in place, that will help keep you stay on track to get you there. So it's like the, the piece of like, made my bed meditate for five minutes you're like oh my god i did it i know how to do it i can do it It that positive reinforcement and like you're great you did it you're a champion then from there saying how do i make this like planning ahead of like how do i if if it helps put it on your calendar or like write at write out your new system Mm -hmm. you know rework the foundation of what you need to do but most importantly get the ball rolling start something Try it. Absolutely. I think we found these all to be super effective. And I like that they, you know, like we've talked about, can be bite-sized, doable pieces. If the mentality to want to form the new habit is there, putting, like, putting these steps in place will help push us forward. Mm -hmm. I I just, it's great to be able to, like, 
talk about this and hear it out and, and then see it in action and the things that we've done to get to the point where things are a habit. And again, it makes me think of like the habits that I've formed as well as the ones that I want to form and seeing that like big, hairy, audacious goals aren't necessarily the way to start. I believe in dreaming big, as we all know, but in a way that forming a habit isn't the same thing as like being president. (laughs) You know, like there is a difference between like a big, hairy, audacious, like career goal Mm -hmm. and starting a habit that will like better our life. Yeah. And I think I have a tendency to push those things together versus separate them and see like, oh, one is like a big goal for my life and one is just a thing to better my life. Yeah. It's the self-improvement piece, the bettering yourself, the optimizing my day, finding something to add to my routine so I don't have to think about it and save mental energy to put that into plan to become president. Exactly. Like (laughs) all of those things then do work together. Yeah. So here's where I wanted to get into how Sid and I have actually used some of these tips to form habits because I think it's interesting to see how some of these things take shape in different ways for different things. Yes. Want to kick it off? I will kick it off. I have formed a gym routine that I'm very proud of because I, I I very much stick to it. And what's interesting is it used to look very different. Although like I've I've pretty been pretty regular with the gym for a number of years now. I'm now learning how to adjust. So like just because it's a habit doesn't mean it looks the same every single week. Mm-hmm. But knowing that it is something that makes me feel good, makes me feel accomplished and something that I, I want to continue to do are all pieces of why I can I still do it. And something that you just said actually made me think about like that optimization of, of your time. Like I do my workout in the morning because then it gets it out of the way and I don't have to worry about it anymore. I also put my clothes out in a, a separate environment so I can go to like a different bathroom, get dressed there. And like I have my contacts in there. I have my hair tie. I have all of my workout clothes. They're all right there. So I don't have to like shuffle through a ton of stuff. Because that adds, that just makes it stressful. Exactly. And it's so it's like there is a streamlined process that starts, that has a start and an end time. And again, the after feeling is so worth it that like getting up early no longer affects me the way that it was when I first started doing it. Um, From the visualization standpoint, I do look at my week and say when I'm actually able to get to the gym, given like work and other commitments. And then I create like a backup plan if my original plan falls through, like if I oversleep or if something comes up unexpectedly, something like that. Like I, I think planning for things to go wrong also has helped me continue to stick with this in the way that I have. I also consider what will happen if I don't go or if I don't do the thing that I want to do. And I am like much nicer to myself than I used to be if I'm not able to get there. Um, but I'm, I also am adjusting for the capacity that I have like in that particular week. Um, and then sometimes like sometimes I talk myself into it and I think that that's okay. Thinking about James Clear's advice, like sometimes I compromise with myself. Like there's no need to do maybe an extra ab workout if you're not feeling up to it. Like just stick to one thing today. Just get your walk in. But then I actually do end up doing everything I'd mm-hmm. like to do if I ha- if time allows because the hardest part is getting there. The hardest part is starting. So focusing on starting 
even for a thing that I do so regularly, like still focusing on the starting point at least gets me to the environment and in the right clothes. And then once I'm there, I'm like, I might as well just do the whole thing if I have the time to do it. Yeah. Because now I've you're already gotten awake here. and energized exactly. and feeling better. Exactly. So, so that's, true. that's one that I've consistently stuck to. Yeah. And I will uh, add and acknowledge that because I have a new job routine, I had to rework my workout routine mm-hmm. and sourced Sid for some input on how to make it happen. And it really was that pro- – this was actually before I think we worked out the outline for what we wanted to talk about today. And mm-hmm. so just the idea of – um how I was like, I don't know how to make this happen because it was like so natural for me to do it the way that I had been doing it for so many years. Right. And so I was like, how do I rework this? And you were like, work back your morning. Mm-hmm. Like figure out how much time you're going to need to give yourself like to not feel rushed. Mm-hmm. And then from there, plan out like when to set your alarm and when you have to be out of the house, when you have to be out of bed. Right. All of those things. Um to actually get yourself to the space and then like make it happen and at this point now it's like you know in action and working really well and it really is that piece of like for me it was adding it to my calendar so Mm -hmm. that I like had planned ahead so I'm like I know on this day I'm going and so I mentally prepared the night before the week before that Monday's my day that I'm going to do this thing or this workout, or I'm going to drive to the gym, Mm -hmm. I have my bag packed, et cetera. Right. So those are really helpful. Um, I think as it relates to, like, just thinking about productivity in general, um, one of the things that helped me so much in the habit-forming process was time-tracking how I was spending my time. Um, And I really needed to understand where that time suck was coming from and what I was spending most of my time on and what wasn't worth my time. And the only way that I could do that was actually to like fully write it down and track it. Mm -hmm. And so weighing those time chunks against my priorities then helped me restructure those tasks and responsibilities. And then from there, I made those tasks the first things that I accomplish each day. Hmm. And so for me, this like habit of like, these are the three things you have to do every day. So do them every day at the start of the day when you're most productive. And this could be different for other people if you're like an afternoon person, like Mm -hmm. save it for that time frame. But I acknowledged that if I get those three to four things done each day, it was a success. It was a win. And right. I could pat myself on the back and be like, you've done a good job. And that allowed me to kind of like let the stress go of right. having to feeling like I had to do it all. Because when you work in the professional world and you have a lot of responsibilities, sometimes it feels like it's a never ending to do list. Right. And using the habit forming piece of like, what are the things that I need to be doing and structuring it around your work week can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And that goes, sorry to interrupt you, that goes back to that reward piece too. It was like an underlying in that like, uh, you know, tequila shot when you finished your stuff. But it was like that good feeling, which I think also should serve as that reward where you're like, I did this, I got it done. No stress is the reward. And acknowledging that is is super important for that habit to continue. Totally. Another way I've put this to use is the meal prepping system. Meal prepping. I mentioned recently that I am tracking my recipes and 
meals that we prep in yeah. advance, that's actually that in and of itself, the planning process helps make it easier. But to actually get started with it, it was a lot of trial and error because I had to test out some options to figure out what system actually fit best with my schedule. Mm. And so I think that's something that's important to consider as well is like certain things may work or not work. And that might be part of like the the routine building Yeah, um, is knowing that like this might not work. <laughs> well, and that's tough too, because like when you're doing something like meal prep, you're like, this has to, for me in my mind, for me to continue, I'm like, this has to work the first time or I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> so I give you a lot of credit for trial and erroring it mm-hmm. to see what actually will work best. And it may have been a different option. Like, I think the thing that I'm getting at here is that like, it might require you to try different varieties of things but maybe the visual visualization piece would have been more helpful for me in the pre-planning stage to avoid this because um the timing of actually going to the grocery store and cooking in the same day was like what the this is awful yeah it was too much that sounds awful or like after work i was like i'm exhausted and i'm so hungry i just (laughs) want to eat right now so like knowing both of those things after having tried to execute this habit with like a half-assed form of a plan yeah (laughs) was like this isn't gonna work so i tried one thing at a time and like reworked the grocery shopping day to be separate from the cooking day and maybe even planning ahead so that I knew that I could like phase out some stuff so Mm -hmm. I did like a lot of the like veggie prep so that was all done but then cooked some things the next day and then like had stuff half prepped or like chicken in the freezer that I knew I was going to bring bring out into the fridge to defrost on Wednesday so it wasn't like you know it it was like more of a a system throughout the week versus a one day right action which even saying that just is overwhelming to say and hear mm-hmm. i feel like so like you say like to be able to break it up makes it just so much more manageable for sure that's awesome my last one is kind of silly now that i'm looking at it but i find it like really funny for a couple of reasons so skincare routine is a habit love it not silly thank you so college, like I had a skincare routine. I know we've talked about skincare a few times on our, our episodes here. Um, and it's always funny because I'm like, I think I have one, but like, I don't know. And like, I keep adding and subtracting things from it. But college just for the, like, just giving myself a nice, you know, scrub down before I went to bed was a real hit or miss. Like in college, it was like, you know, my, my nighttime routine was just not fully in place. Um, and I now do the same thing every single night. So if I was too tired or I had too much to drink, like I would just skip it and not worry about it at all. Now I have not allowed myself to miss a day in so long. I mean, how long has it been since I graduated college? Literally from the time I stopped going to college to now, I can't, I can't imagine a day that I've missed at least splashing water on my face and giving. So I I know Steph is probably listening, maybe, and she's going to be so mad at me. But I pluck my eyebrows every single night because it's part of my routine. And I have a real thing about strays. <laughs> I always think everybody can see them. Like they've got a magnifying glass for eyeballs and they can just see the strays on my brows. And so I pluck my eyebrows and wash my face every single night, like without fail. So if I'm on vacation, if I'm camping, if I'm too tired, if I'm too drunk, like I have not missed a day. And like, I feel like my neuroses around like 
zits coming up on my face like because I've missed my routine like it just I'd rather just not even deal with that neuroses at all and so I think about like you know it's five to seven minutes start to finish maybe maybe that's not bad that's a pretty low-key routine super low-key I am not one of those like 20 to 30 minute nighttime routines like it's very quick and easy which I think is part of it but going back to what we talked about before about like working backwards from like how this habit was formed and understanding that like my neuroses around having a zip pop up because I didn't wash my face or understanding that it was super short and there was no reason to miss it even when I'm camping because they have outhouses and I can use well not an outhouse but they have the places I've camped have running water I can use to wash my face but like working backwards from how this became so ingrained because I cannot go to bed without doing it I'm like, how did that happen? Like, how did I form that mm-hmm. habit? And I really think it was because it, it. I started somewhere, right? Like, I started just doing it at night. I felt better after I did it. I honed it on that feeling, and I just continued to do it. Now what I'm working on is forming my weekly mask routine. Ooh. Yes. So, like... I find a reason, like I only do this once a week or not even that at this point. I find a reason to avoid a 20 minute mask for some reason almost every week. Like I either forget or I'm like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow because I got home too late tonight. When like realistically I'm sitting on the couch for at least 30 minutes before I go to bed every night. And so to not take 20 of those minutes to like slap a mask on my face and sit there with it and then wash it off. Totally doable. Totally doable. So I think to your point about planning, I need to just like have a night that I do it every week. And there will be moments, and this probably sounds so, like, elementary for some people that actually do this, but there will be nights where I'm like, oh, it's too late, I won't do it. Or I'm like, oh, it's Monday, I'll do it. And then I'll forget. And then I'll be like, oh, I'll do it Tuesday, I forget. Like, I'm just like, does it need to, I think it needs to go on my calendar until it becomes, like, an ingrained habit. Yes. And so I'm like, is that silly to put a 20-minute mask on my freaking calendar? If that's going to get it done, do it. I feel like that's what's going to get it done. And so, like, that's my next move with my skincare routine because I I cannot go to bed without doing it now, like, at its base of what it is. Um, so I just got to add the mask feature. And I, it's literally once a week that I'll do it. I love it. It's it's crazy to me that I haven't been able to, to just do it. But I'm going to jump on that bandwagon with you because I literally said this uh, for the last, like, three months. That you're going to do a weekly, like, a weekly oh, mask? I'm I asked for a new mask contain like a new one for Christmas. See? And I've yet to use it. You've got all the tools right there. And I say every week, I'm like, oh, tonight should be my mask night. Yes. And I, I feel like it's this mentality that we've now come accustomed to with skincare routines where it's like, it has to be like an evening affair. Right. Like it has to be a whole thing. You have to like be in your robe right. and like clean and shower. And I need to be like perfectly poised and ready for my mask and like, you know, put my slippers on and and. It, if I treat it the way I treat my nighttime skincare routine, it would be quick and easy the way it actually is. And I wouldn't put any other extras on top of it because it's just what it is. Yes. So if I take like the fancy piece out of it because it's not fancy at all, then it'll be more doable. And it'll actually be a thing that I'll remember to do because now I'm a person who puts a face mask in their freaking calendar. Yes. That's the person I am now. It's a beautiful thing. It I'm is. Ha- I'm happy to hear it. And so if you take anything away from this episode, it's to just start. Yes. And to realize that 
forming this habit requires a little bit of planning, but imagine the mental energy that you're going to save if you make it part of your routine. And get yourself a buddy. Yes. Huge, huge, huge on huge. the support system. Yes. We, we love an accountability bud. It's great. It is. Shall we break? Let's break. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week. week.